welcome to CFCP's On Air. Good evening and welcome to this edition of On Air. Today we have Chilla Toldi and Viviana Florentina talking about migration, borders and belonging. Um, one thing that was interested in from last night, from your own particular story, was you mentioned that you went from Hungary to Germany um, as a as a um, asylum seeker, would it be, or as a um, asylum how- seeker? How did that experience resonate with you? What, what's the, there was obviously lots of influences that came from that, but what would be, where, did, where do you put that? I mean, what was the reasons behind it, if you like, if you want to touch on that, and where, where did that lead you? Uh, it made me numb for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I... I couldn't, uh, it was a shock to my system, so I couldn't really deal with it for a long time, and I just suppressed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, after, uh, after a while, and I never wrote about it either, but um, I, I wrote poetry even after, at that time and after that time, which was published in, in Hungarian uh, dissident papers all around the world. But um, it was very, Philosophical was very philosophical. I didn't deal with the experience itself. It was more uh, thinking about life and expressing it in poetry, mm-hmm. but not the not the everyday nitty gritty what was happening to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then much later when I was kind of looking back, when I was already living here, I started to think about it and, and write about it more in, in essays and also in mm-hmm. in poetry and and uh, so I think that happens to many people that for a while you are not you are not really so you are kind of disabled in a way <laughs> because mm-hmm. you can't really co- cope with the with the new environment and yeah. it's a, it's it's a cultural shock as well. Uh, especially after Hungary, where you, although I didn't work in Hungary, I was 18 when I left, so I didn't have any experience. To, but somehow in Hungary, it was every, everything was very uh, cozy and everybody had their little caves mm-hmm. where they, or their little kitchens where they discussed politics and everything. <laughs> but there was a kind of intimacy. There was friendship, and then suddenly you were out in the cold in Germany. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally in the cold, where actually people didn't like. They don't like foreigners, mm-hmm. and it took me about ten years to make German friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was a, it was a long journey actually. Mm. So. 
No, I, I can imagine because from my experience, I mean, I came to Ireland in 96. Um, having spent a fair bit of time in Southern Ireland at that time, I'd never really been to the north, but I certainly spent a fair bit of time in Southern Ireland. Uh, but the idea, the the reality of living here was different to the holiday or even the, the summer experience. And that was, it, as you mentioned, this idea of loneliness. Yeah, I mean, certainly the first few years, there was very few Irish friends. There was a great um, also almost reluctance for the Irish to engage, particularly with an English person. Um, and yeah, it, it was, it was an alien space, even though we speak so-called the same language. Um, <laughs> we almost had the same currency. We had pretty much the same political system, um, the same cultural influences. I mean, it was strange to see yeah. guys walking around with uh, sort of football teams and footballers, particularly English footballers, names on their back. And then for me, what it, what changed it was really the the influx of the Central Europeans, if you like, after the the um, uh, the, the enlargement and um, to seeing a lot of Polish people coming, basically changed the whole dynamics between the English and the Irish for some for some bizarre reason. And all of a sudden, we we became was that brothers and sisters rather than that's very enemies. good, yeah. Uh -huh. That um, that's actually good, but uh, that that they kind of softened. Uh, yeah, the atmosphere between. I mean, we, for us, it's we came. Alistair, my husband, is English. I'm, I'm Hungarian, and when we came to Northern Ireland, I was like, you know, I was the exotic person who everybody wanted to know about me, who I was, or where <laughs> I came from, and all of that. So people were very curious, uh, and I was, I think, I was the only Hungarian person in the whole county down mm -hmm. and there was some other Catherine that they knew about <laughs> they knew one person in the in the another person in the county down so it was like this and then but Alistair was the enemy alien mm -hmm. because he was you know the British uh, or the English accent Mm -hmm. and, and it even happened once he, he somebody was parking in the middle of the road and he he dared to say something to the person just to, couldn't you move and once they heard his accent they said oh this is you are the reason we are here <laughs> Chiller, i'd just like to bring in viviana at this point northern ireland is not your native country and how does that resonate with yourselves? How do you feel within the context of living in Ireland but being non-Irish? I mean, the, 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 the other aspect of Ireland is that it's, it's a nation of migrants. So <laughs> half of America is, is, has its roots in, in Ireland because people have migrated during the famine. And I think that the Irish really understand the, the 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 aspect of emigration. Somebody when I came here first in 1998, somebody told me that an Irish person will only grow up if they leave the country for a while and then come back because they can never grow up in 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 Ireland. <laughs> it was an interesting uh, idea. I didn't really understand it at the time, but uh, it's probably a true 
it's almost like you know in the fairy tale that the child the youngest child has to wander around the world in order to make their luck or, or fortune mm-hmm. uh, but the, the other aspect of it is that the the, the northern irish uh, conflict is totally alien to me and it's very difficult to understand and I think most people who are coming from abroad, from, from another country, find it hard to grasp. Mm-hmm. And Viviana, would you concur? Or? Yes. Um, well, I, um, I came here in 2013, so seven years ago. And uh, I came, I mean, I, I was born in Italy, but uh, then I... Um, used to live in Switzerland, Germany, England, and I came here. So I had with me in the bags this sense of being otherness. So this sense of being an outsider as well. Um, I think this is also in uh, Sheila's experience. She also <laughs> traveled a lot. So, and um, it has also to do with uh, learning new languages and try to 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 face different cultures. Um, coming in 2013, I think I I found a pretty different Northern Ireland because I'm in Northern Ireland in Belfast and uh, compared to the experience of other people that maybe came here 30 years ago, uh, my experience is pretty different. I found a place where there are many different uh, communities from very different cultures so I really, I really um, appreciating the fact that this land, this island, is coming, becoming a part of different cultures. Probably still not in awareness of uh, the people in the country, but um, I think uh, coming from outside is really interesting to see how these different cultures are intertwining. And how, and also how old um, um, separation between the, the the Catholics and the Protestants in Northern Ireland is uh, transforming, is becoming something different because of contribution from outside, from other countries. So mm-hmm. that was that is very interesting for me. I think it has to do with. Uh, uh, Coming from another country, and uh, um, when you when you come from somewhere else, you see yourself from another point of view, and uh, and so this is a new pers- perspective that you can share with the others. I think, and that's important from both mm-hmm. sides. Yeah, I mean, part of the text that you have written for the the program, if you want, um, is this idea of belonging, this idea of borders. And how how do you feel as though you belong uh, to the society? And how do you perceive your role as poets within that society? Is it from highlighting the notion of migrant or is it just highlighting the idea of the community itself. For for me, it's it's more the universal aspect of it. What keeps us together as human beings? So that's what uh, what is my concern and my poetry about. Um, 
of course, there are aspects of uh, migration in it, but it's almost like uh, I'm concerned with migration now at this point in time because it's such a big problem in the world and uh, and it's not really the autobiographical aspect of it because that happened such a long time ago for me personally <clears throat> but uh, of course I'm concerned with it because uh, because of what happened in Hungary what I see uh, the mi- the migrant problem not only there, but also in in, in the UK, and and uh, it makes me upset on a on a humanitarian level. So, as a human being, I'm concerned with it. Yes, uh, I am really uh, happy when I when I see how Sheila and I <laughs> resonate, not only with the poetry, but also <laughs> yes, with ideas and. Uh, uh, answers <laughs> to questions. Uh, I also think that, uh, yeah, in my perspective um, is a uh, um, connection between human beings. So, yes, uh, I think um, belonging as home is a place where we meet as human beings. So, as um, uh, I think it's also in our poetry, in our poems. Uh, home is a place of uh, all the experiences that we did, uh, all the people that we met. Um, uh, it's a place where we where we feel comfortable and we are able to share with the others. So um, I think feeling comfortable means uh, connecting with another human being. Um, in terms of uh, communities, uh, I. I feel uh, that uh, um, I think that uh, I I felt home here in Ireland when I started to run projects that involved the different communities. So, for example, I I'm still running, but I run um, workshops for cultural minorities and different communities in Northern Ireland uh, against the sectarianism and, and this kind of thing and. Uh, what I discovered was that uh, I I felt a c- to be a citizen. I felt to be in a community where I can share values, respect uh, with others. That's belonging mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, uh, maybe I, mean, I can add add to that as well. That uh, I feel that since I had, I started to. Uh, published my poetry, which only started in 2013. Uh, I feel more that I'm 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 part of a community, and I can share what can share at readings and and connect with people through my art. So, and that's like you are becoming a member of society, and there is interaction between you and your your audience or readers and. And in that respect, I think um, the, the new voices were very instrumental for me because uh, I read, uh, you remember I read in Bray once with you mm-hmm. and, and also the, the, the last time when I took part in that um, Delight ex- exhibition, I, I really felt that I was, was part of a community, I mean, part of a, an artist community which is it's very important so it keeps you uh, 
uh, it validates your art as well to to be connected to artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, as you know, the Center for Creative Practices is really devoted to this idea of migrant and cultural diverse arts and raising its profile, not only of the artist, but of the art generally within an Irish context. Um, how do you do you feel that as being a positive notion or do you feel as though that sort of not quite exploitation, but as an idea of ghettoization in some respects? <laughs> That's a very twisted, <laughs> twisted way of <laughs> looking at it. Uh, I, I mean, for me, I, I absolutely didn't feel that there was any exploitation in, in, uh, in and uh, it's an opportunity mm-hmm. for for all the migrant migrant artists to to connect with with the Irish audience, and uh, and I really value that. I mean, last time we we had a Vernissage, and there were about a hundred people, at at least, uh, and 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 it, it just a connection. And actually, the, the the fact that the Arts Council is supporting it is another aspect that everybody can can value because uh, and it looks very good on your CV as well that you have been supported by by the Arts Council. So I think all of these uh, these are important. Uh, on a for the artist's journey or and development, so no, I, I always regarded it as an opportunity and and it's always very exciting mm-hmm. <laughs> as if Monica puts the people together and how, I don't know how she selects them, but but it it's, it was very very good group of people last year, last uh, in twenty. 2019 Mm -hmm. and now again such an interesting group of people so i'm really looking forward to the next show (laughs) (laughs) i think um i think um uh these kind of projects um as they are presented which is very important the way you present and you show uh uh this kind of project um are um, yes, as Sheila said, of course, are an opportunity, uh, but also uh, because of uh, uh, the experiences that migrants have done uh, are most likely out of the comfort zone, out of the mainstream. So I think by, by nature <laughs> means uh, to bring diversity, to bring a diverse uh, a diverse voices so if you are out of the comfort zone probably it is difficult to to be kind of uh, how do you say Ian you said a word that was uh, uh, to describe uh, this um, um, Go on, uh, it wasn't um, yes or uh, no yeah, in Italian would be ghettizzazione, which is like when you um, label some someone, you put a label on someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a sort of a slightly different note, um, one thing that was sort of has come to the fore within the series is this idea that it's not necessarily just about the individual artwork. I mean, it's about the collaboration that comes with it. And one of the questions we had 
from last night was uh, the idea about the moving image and uh, how does that resonate with the, with the works that you have and obviously in some respects I mean the poetry that you the words are critically important but how do you feel about the image itself and the portrayal would it have been easier without the video just doing it as spoken word or did you feel that it was more an interesting idea working with the, the video as well um, for me, the video poem, which we created together, the first one, The Pioneers and Arriving, that, that, that was, uh, for me, that was very important. And I think that that worked. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I took it on board what the guy said. I can't remember his name, but he said that uh, sometimes the images uh, or the footage is taking away the attention and you can't really focus on the words which can happen so uh, I, I think a good combination of performing poetry and and uh, and then maybe some of the poems uh, illustrated by footage is a good approach but because we had this video we didn't have the opportunity to perform live to the audience we, we we chose to do it like this, and uh, I mean I don't know. I I probably I'm not happy with one of them <laughs> of mine, <laughs> which I did. But I don't want to <laughs> say it now. It's up to the audience to decide what they want, but uh, what they want to take out of it. But uh, probably we are not going to keep this. Uh, presentation as it is we will probably chop it up and use it in different ways and that's my feeling <laughs> but uh, what do you think Viviana? For me it was very interesting to to work with the words and images because uh, it's a new research kind of new research for me so a new exploration uh, in a field that uh, 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 open to me, opens to me uh, new opportunities. <laughs> uh, um, I think um, I recognize how bounded I um, I am with uh, the landscape around me. So it's, it is something that came suddenly to my mind where, while I was filming. Uh, I say, wow. That's exactly the images they had in mind when I created this piece of uh, work. So I was pretty happy. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I guess because you're putting your own images to your own words um, rather than letting the, the, the viewer, if you want, or the listener uh, creating their own images to the words. So you, you can almost reinforce the text that you've got there in some respect. Um, but oh, yeah. Also, uh, I noticed uh, when we combined the the, the, the different videos, uh, how there were uh, images that even uh, combined well between my poems and Sheila's poems. So, for example, the fire, the the image of the fire in uh, in Sheila uh, poem connect to. Um, a part of my poem where there are the embers. Mm. So uh, that was really nice because uh, we actually didn't uh, speak directly about this, but because it was in the text, it was spontaneous to 
having the mind, the fire and the embers and yeah, but came out in the poem. In my poem, it's about the 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 key, the the light, the torch, and then in your poem, it's it's the ember, and I use the same. Um, that was all actually made a long time ago. Even the ring of fire, we made it on the beach. Uh, I still have the, the 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 metal which I got badied by some <laughs> metal ring. You can do it again if you have time. <laughs> Come down to the beach and we can do it again. Anyway, so it, it yeah, I, I love that actually that ring of fire, and for me it has such a strong. Uh, uh, symbolic because uh, when I was a child, I used to go to the circus, and then, then you know, the lion has to jump through the fire, the ring of fire. And for me, that represents courage and and uh, and uh, yeah, and taking and uh, maybe maybe fighting instincts and and <laughs> and overcoming difficulties and all of that. So it has a very strong symbolic. And but yes, the two poems really they they really reflect each other, but almost through time as well, because yeah. the mine mine is starting much much sooner, and then uh, the overlap. So I think that that was uh, that I'm really happy with that poem with video poem. Mm-hmm. I think that was a nice co- cooperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And what does the future hold for you two? What's the the next plans? <laughs> well, maybe we will try to get to festivals or, or organize some readings together where we could uh, also, if it's face-to-face and with a real audience, we could, uh, at the same time, we could show the, the video poem as well so we could combine it with screening and reading. might be interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, also to to close the circle because uh, we um, moved from my poems to Sheila's poems to Italian, English, English, Hungarian. So we could close the circle and go to English. from Hungarian to English, English to Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with new poems, of course. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean. Obviously, the, the language is critical to you, and um, you, you both you don't write in English as the native language with the poetry, or do you? I, I write in English and uh, translated this into Hungarian. Mm-hmm. I write in English and I write in Italian. Both um, I tend to not translate. Mm-hmm. My text just write in the two languages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you find that experience? Because um, I mean, it's it's obviously not your your native language, um, but it's a language that you've been accustomed to for a, a number of years now. Is do you still find do you find that you, you it's nuanced enough to write with? Obviously, uh, but um, what's the biggest sort of pluses and minuses, if you like? I mean, I, I use the, the dictionary often just to make sure that what I'm saying is exactly what I want to say. <laughs> and, and uh, of course, but I think many English writers do the same. Mm-hmm. And 
and uh, I mean, yes, I feel I feel at home in English, but uh, we speak English at home as well with my husband. So it's I don't use the Hungarian as much as as my hung- Hungarian is my home, my my family, my other family language. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so I. But I think it's English is just huge. It's such a huge language. I mean, it has the the, the most vocabulary. I think in, from every language all over the world because it you it is used in so in such a big areas, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think it's a learning curve all the time. I'm, I'm learning all the time. That's my approach. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, uh, yes, I'm happy, uh, Sheila talked about the dictionary because I think when I write in English for me it's like digging digging in into a, into a language and uh, uh, especially because it's poetry it's not um, uh, it's not writing a novel it's poetry so you you pay attention to each single word uh, you dig in each in each word and uh, these uh, uh, made me even more aware of my Italian uh, because now I recognize I put much more attention each single word I use in Italian. It's like, again, to see your language from outside, from another perspective. So, of course, after digging, you feel tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's because it's a hard work, mm-hmm. but uh, you get a, a reward. Yes. Mm-hmm. You get a reward. You f- you find sometimes treasures under the the skid. It's like a archaeologist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I can understand this element of sort of the, the dig, if you want, um, that you, you you are excavating, but you're excavating the language and not just from a translation or from a linguistic perspective, if you want, but also from um, the, the resonation with the words and the images as well. Thank you very much to our two special guests, Chilla Toldi and Viviana Florentina. If you'd like to find out more about CFCPs on air, please email onair at cfcp.ie.